This Start call recording. is being recorded. Do you, do you guys hear that voice that told? Yeah, let us know that we're. Yeah, it's, it's nice kind voice. of sexy. I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> everything, cool. everything that happens on here has that cool. voice. Fourth and Short Podcast. This is Brian Beverson. I'm joined by Brad Smith and John D. Long. Guys, how you doing tonight? I'm realizing that for my little interruption I did a couple episodes ago, this would have been a much better setup for it because I could yes. hand the mic over with no uh, tell. Yeah, it would have been better. Another one about that like scratching sound. We'll have to it's do a- that again. It's okay. Yeah. We'll have plenty more interruptions. I have <laughs> you in my pipeline myself. So no, um, I'm not gonna ever interrupt you again. So you can never use them. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay. Oh, it's a long con. The long con. I love it. So the Panthers just won 45 to 21 on Monday Night Football, which was shocking to me, at least. Um, they put up. Damn near 300 yards of total rushing offense while there. And uh, Cam Newton threw four touchdown passes. <laughs> so that was some pretty good stuff. I'll start with you, John. Uh, what did you like about that game? What did you? What, what observations did you see? Well, I was I was there. So um, the crowd was really into it, which is always fun. It always makes the experience a lot better. Um, I thought going in that we had a chance to have a 2015 game. I said that to somebody. It's off the record. Well, I have the email, but... You know, I could bring it up if needed. I thought we were due for a game like that. And the Dolphins, who in their third straight primetime game, and they've been falling flat every week. It was the uh, it was the right time for it to happen. Yeah. But to, to to answer your question about what I was most excited about was definitely the um, rushing attack. We averaged eight yards a carry, over eight yards a carry. That's that's better than we've been doing previously. Eight point two to be precise, compared to the inches that the running backs were averaging, and the probably like five yards or so the cam was averaging running the ball. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a lot lot more fun when like we like, hand the ball off and it takes more than a half second for the ball carrier to get tackled. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, so Brad, how you feeling about that game? I actually thought they looked like a complete team for the first time in probably since 2015. I mean, all phases of of the game worked. Um, You know, the final was 45-21, but honestly, seven of those 21 were garbage time points where the, the defense had a lot of backups in the game at the end, you know. So, you know, the first team actually won 45 to 14. So, uh, I, I thought that that the rushing game finally looked like something. Jonathan Stewart apparently either listens to us or reads CSR and probably both. To, yeah, probably both decided to take it personally that we've called him, you know, washed up and and everything else. And he 
he he seemed to look like he's not you know i i don't know if if he if it's just a one-time thing, because, you know, a lot of players go through this where they, you know, everybody thinks they're washed up and then they have that one game where, oh, they're, they're fine, you know, and then they go back to, they regress back to the mean. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward what we get out of Jonathan Stewart, but um, it, it was nice to see him have a good game. It was nice to see McCaffrey play well. It was nice to see Cam Newton having fun. You know, he visibly on the sidelines looked like he was enjoying himself. And, um, you know, all those things put together makes me believe that this is a team that can, you know, if they can keep this momentum going, they can probably, you know, get into the playoffs as at least a wild card and they might could take the division away from New Orleans. Um, and I almost feel like the bye is coming at the worst possible time because the Panthers are starting to play some of their best football and now they're going to have a week off to kind of cool that momentum down. I want to, I wanted to say something about that. Uh, the Cam Newton having fun thing. Um, I, he said during the week last week, he's like, we're going to, you're going to see 2015 cam. Cause we need, he, he said that, right. Like talking about bringing back that energy and that kind of playfulness that we hadn't seen in a while. And I wonder if, I mean, I know for sure the league contributed to it, but I wonder how much we were going to see of that going forward. Even if things stay closer, because we've always talked about how much he depends on his, how much his attitude, like his mood affects how well he plays. And if he can stay, you know, upbeat, even when stuff isn't going well, like he was uh, last night or Monday night, uh, I think we'll be in for good, good times ahead. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, I think, I think he did say that earlier in the week. I, I, I'm with you. I don't remember exactly what he said and when he said it, but I remember mm-hmm. hearing something, you know, along those lines and, um, you know, it, it's, it's obvious that he does play better when he's in a good mood. So hopefully, you know, that does carry over because we need a spark. And I think last night's game is if we make the playoffs, um, you know, we're going to look back on this and we're going to say that this Monday night game was that turning point that, that got us there. And, um, you know, full credit to the Panthers, but, you know, we also have to be real. You know, I, I do have to bring a little bit of devil's advocate into it because it's just in my nature. But Miami quit last night. And, um, you know, right around the time, and we talked about this in our Slack group earlier today, but, you know, right around that time that after they the Panthers gave up that long touchdown run to, to Kenyon Drake and then they took the ball and drove it right back down the field, and scored like you know it didn't even matter my you you cut out Miami what oh god here we go <laughs> we'll never know what, we'll never know what we'll he had to say about Miami making... whatever what happened what did Miami do I'll never know I I didn't even watch the game I don't know what's happening <laughs> Did the Panthers win? Did Miami come back? Mm. All right, well, we'll carry on. Um, well, I guess while he's figuring that out, I'll say what I wanted to say. Um, quick. So the guy who really impressed me was Devin Funches, and I know that's not shocking yes. to a whole lot of people. but I agree with you. Not only did he step up as a number one wide receiver, he scored – on that screen pass where he just 
he ran it in. He he showed his speed a little bit. Um, he seems to be showing exactly why Carolina decided that he was a better option than Kelvin Benjamin for the future because he has a bit more mobility for a wide receiver with his size than Benjamin did. Yeah, Kelvin and, Benjamin's uh, not running that, that screen pass in for a touchdown. No, like he's got he's got more speed than people give him credit for, which is something that they were talking about long, long into the offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was pretty excited to see him do well and score two touchdowns because he's a good player. Like we've seen flashes of it. There were always those catches here and there where like he made a like ridiculous catch out of bounds and like it just looked so fluid. Like we've seen that, we haven't seen it consistently. And uh, his internet went out. Um, and uh, bunches seemed to like really put it together in this game. So I was pretty happy about that. And the other thing I wanted to bring this up since we brought up Jonathan Stewart, but the offensive line as a whole really did much, a much better job against the Dolphins. Like, yeah, there was. And that front. Go ahead. I mean, there were there were like like two lane highways to run through for all of the running backs. Yeah, and Cam Newton too. Yeah, and like, um, that front seven is not something to sneeze at. I mean, they have Indomitian Sue, they have uh, Cameron Wake, they have Kiko Alonso. Like, they have some good players in that front seven. And most of the time, I saw Indomitian Sue on his back in that game. Like, Trey Turner, uh, Tyler Larson. Uh, Greg Van Roten, Andrew Norwell, like they handled him that game, and that was that was really good to see. And it obviously opened up lanes for the running backs. And Jonathan Stewart was doing really well, and managed to, and he was even running well on the perimeter, which is something we were we were really lambasting them for over the last few weeks. And uh, looking at the rushing stats right now, I mean, Stewart averaged six and a half yards a carry, which. He he ran the ball seventeen times. That's that's yeah, a that, huge that came out of nowhere. Yeah, and between him, Cameron Archpain, and Christian McCaffrey, none of them averaged less than four and a half yards of carry. And it seems like if Carolina can get if Carolina's offensive line is performing like this, they have like a four headed monster because McCaff because it's not like uh, Cameron Archpain did really well in that game. Like he had his forty yard run, but before that garbage time run, he was doing well for them when the limited snaps he got. So it seems yeah. like sticking with the run and letting the offensive line finally gel, which it seems like they're doing, is very a very good formula for success. You know who Cameron Artis Payne reminds me of? And obviously he's nothing, nowhere near the caliber of player, but the way he runs is so reminiscent of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I could see that. That was actually something they said about him coming out of college: is that he's a very patient runner. He lets the holes. Well, like up, that touchdown. I definitely saw it. That touchdown run was like vintage Le'Veon Bell. He took the handoff, ran up to the line, and pretty much stopped and stood still for a split second, and then the hole opened up, and he and he went. He ran through it. Um, that was that's the play in particular that stood out to me, and we saw a little bit in the preseason too. He's got that thing where he, that little that little pause and jump cut when he sees something open up. Yeah. Um, so I think I mean he's he could he could he could contribute. He is already twenty seven years old. Didn't realize that. That's a little disappointing, but well, he's got fresh legs on him though. That's the big thing. <laughs> yeah, we can get a couple good years out of him. Mm-hmm. So we talked a lot about the the offensive side of the ball. 
Um, look at the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they didn't have any sacks, but they still managed to have a really good game defensively. So, um, oh, wait, before we get to the defense, I want to say one more thing about the offense. Uh, somebody shared this. <laughs> All right. Don't laugh at me. Um, Christian McCaffrey. You were like, wait, 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 wait. I have this one last thing. <laughs> we, we can't ever go back to the offense once we stop. We can't close the door yet. Um, I saw something. Did not verify, but I'm going to assume it's true. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had like 22 yards after contact last night or Monday night and out of his 23 Damn. total yards. Damn. Yeah. And that's, he's breaking tackles, which he, in like the preseason and then the first couple weeks of the regular season, looked like he had no interest in trying to break tackles. And, I think he realized he's kind of learned like, hey, it's the NFL. Uh, if you don't like these guys are big and strong, uh, you're not going to be able to just like the only way you're going to get positive yardage is if you push through some tackles. And it's been nice to see him, you know, get a little more physical with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I think that part of it came as well with the fact that he just seems to be catching up with the speed of the game. I mean, like, yeah, that one rushing touchdown that he had early on in the game, he, uh, he juked that shit out of one of their defenders and had run into the end zone. So that was that was really good to see because that looked more like and I tweeted this. It was, he looked more like the college version of himself than the NFL version of himself that we've seen over the last few weeks. He's he sure finally did. he seems to be making those cuts and making guys miss finally, which is something that we've really been missing from from him. Um, McCaffrey is going to be heavily involved no matter what, but it's good to see this this nice progression from him where he can make guys miss and get open and run the ball a little bit. Um, that two-touchdown game, I think that's just the start of it for him. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. And hey, okay, Brad's can, back. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Can hear you All now. right, now we need you to pick right up where you left off um, okay. with your previous Sorry story. I'm just going to splice it together. Yeah. My, my, my internet cut out. I don't know what the hell happened. But uh, anyway, um, as I was trying to say, um, playing devil's advocate, you know, it was visibly obvious that after we scored right after the Kenyon Drake touchdown that Miami quit on the field. You know, they they stopped giving a crap and, um, you know, they, they stopped giving a crap because we beat them to that point. But, you know, um, I, I'm not so sure that when we start playing teams like New Orleans and Minnesota, um, that again. Oh no, <laughs> we're never going to hear the end of his thought. Brad. Thought <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, um. All right. Well, I'm going to continue his point. Um. Oh, the you're going to continue his point. Okay. Well, what I was going to say with the Dolphins is, or about was, um, so they had that long, that 66 yard touchdown run and mm-hmm. it, it made it 31 14. Still not close. Oh, he's back. But, uh, the first play from scrimmage after the Panthers got the ball back was Cam Newton's 69 yard run. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty kind of, that, that'll ruin your psyche pretty quick. Yeah, that's a momentum shifter right there. So, Brad, yeah. welcome back. So, the next topic was the defense. Um, so, interestingly, a team that's been very good at sacking the quarterback didn't have a single sack last night, yet the defense still had a very good performance. Um, there was an interception by, I forget who it was, uh, Luke Keekley. I know that. I don't believe there were any more interceptions, but... No, just that one. 
Yeah, what did you guys think of the defensive performance? I'll start with Brad before he cuts out again. <laughs> um, I thought the defense played well. Um, Jay Cutler's mission was to not get hit. And, I mean, you could see it when, when the pass rush would get within three feet of him. He would just throw the ball. And a lot of them were terrible throws. And it was solely because he didn't want to get hit. And he actually did pretty well at – you know, at not getting hit. And I, I mentioned this earlier today, but it's the first time. And as far as I can remember that, that we had a game, an NFL game where nobody got sacked, you know, neither team had one. And, um, despite not being able to sack Jay Cutler, I thought the defense played very well. I thought, yeah, the, well, like there's no better illustration of his, uh, trying not to get hit than him, not running on that scramble on third down. It yeah. might have been the first drive of the game. He had an easy <laughs> yeah. eight, eight, 10, 12 yard pickup if he ran. And instead, he tried to make a throw, a much more difficult throw. So he's like, I don't have to slide or get hit. Sign me up. Yeah, I thought that was strange too. I don't think it was strange. I thought it was very Jay Cutler. <laughs> peak Jay Cutler. Yeah, that uh, was peak Jay, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler does not give a fuck. We know that. Um, I was pretty happy with the fact that Carolina's pass defense held up so well, despite the fact that they have Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, uh, Julius Thomas. Like, they have some good weapons on the offense, and they clearly tried to run the ball, or uh, throw the ball, I should say. Um, Carolina's biggest crutch is going to be down the line, their passive defense. Like, we know the front seven is good. We know it's very good. They have... Peppers, Addison, Short, Latule, Johnson, even Wes Horton's been playing pretty well. Thompson, Keekley, Davis, you know, like that that is a very solid group on the front seven. So the team that could put them down if they don't make it to Super Bowl is gonna be a team that exploits that secondary. So seeing them win against a a, a, a offense that boasts those kind of weapons is definitely positive to me. Um Captain Munderland did a decent job against Landry. He still scored in garbage time, but it's it's good to see that and having them fully healthy and have all their starters out is definitely helpful, in my opinion. The, um, yeah, and in the run defense, we got another fourth down stop, fourth and one. I, I need I need to look up. Do you guys know if you head with the uh, opponent's fourth down percentage against us this year? It's got to be. It's phenomenal. not good. I know that. Well, like phenomenal yeah. on our side. Yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah, because um, that's like what seems the like every sixth game they time? have to stop on fourth down. Yeah, like the fifth, sixth, or seventh time this season where we had a team try to go for it on fourth and one, and we stuff it for a loss. Is you guys there? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, K1 short really fucking destroyed that one. On yeah, Sunday. he he just ra- he just like bear hugged. The running back so that he couldn't go any further. It was it was definitely it was definitely good run defense and that's something that Carolina has always prided themselves on, but it seems like this year they're way uh they're way more effective at it. So what the heck? Yeah, oh, we have two birds. Hey, Brad. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> with my shit tonight, so uh, uh, I'm right, just gonna well, chime hi, in hi with, second, Brad. I'm, 
I'm just going to chime in with occasional one-liners when I can, but you two carried the rest of the thing because I might not be here in five minutes. I don't know. Okay, so we'll just we'll just ignore you. Yeah, and just going. ignore me, and I'll chime in if I'm here, and if I'm not, you know, fuck it. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so I have this nifty thing called the internet, and I just looked up um, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, uh, we've had 15 fourth down attempts against us, which is the second most in the league, surprisingly. Um, and our opponents have converted four of them. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, yeah. like Davis, Peppers, and Keekley are the guys that I can think of off the top of my head who have been the biggest guys to blow those up. I mean, like it seems like those three guys are always in on those plays. Um, on top of that, having a guy like Luke Keekley can literally telegraph what the offense is doing definitely helps. I mean, I feel like they're like even though like us as Panthers people know that. Luke Keekley is really good. I feel like it's still underplayed the fact that when he's not on the field, he there's a significant drop off in the defense's uh, rush defense and even just like defense in general. Like he he just I've never seen a player like him who telegraphs plays and is just ready for them before they even happen at times. Like that guy's good, and I really hope he keeps playing, and I really hope he never has any more concussions because he is so good at the linebacker position. Yeah, it's I love hearing the stories about like you break the huddle and um, Luke Keekley immediately calls out what player about to run. So you're like, whoa, well, uh, we'll change it to this then. And then they're like, Luke's like, oh, they're doing this now, guys. And it's like, well, well, dang, now I don't have any time to change it again. I hope this works. Yep, I have no idea how he does it, but um. I'm not complaining. No, definitely can't complain as a Panthers uh, follower for sure. Um, so, looking forward, uh, I want to talk about the fact that Curtis Samuel got hurt. I know he wasn't super effective throughout his first few weeks with the Panthers, but this past week I really feel like he did well. And now he's now he's on IR. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Best game of yeah. his career. It ends with him uh, going on IR. Like he seems, to, he strikes me. He struck me as somebody who, like, Pat was like just within an inch of making big, big, big plays. Um, and I think that's something that'll come later on in his career. But looking forward, now the Panthers' receiving core is Devin Funches, Russell Shepard. Kalen Clay, who wasn't even with the team to start the year, and Brenton Burson, who's obviously the GOAT, but he can't hold the whole team on his back. So, um, looking forward, do we think this is the receiving core they're going to run with, or do we think they're going to bring somebody else in? I don't think they have much of a choice. I mean, I, I know, um, I think it's Eric that's been saying he expects him to sign Philly Brown to replace uh, Curtis Samuel. That would be the only thing I could think of. Maybe Demir Bird coming back of IR, but I think it's going to – nobody that we haven't already seen in a Panthers uniform is going to be uh, contributing, I don't think. What about you, Brad, if you're still here? All right. All oh, right. Way, so I pull, great I great take up. there. Great take there. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say maybe Jericho Cotri suits up for him again since he's like – Isn't know, he a coach? He's a coach, though. He's a wide receiver coach, so it's not hard to – Can he do that? 
I'm not a GM here. You're, you're grilling <laughs> me way too hard. Um, but other than that, I mean, like, it would definitely be, like, a veteran wide receiver. There aren't many guys out there who have the same skill set as Curtis Samuel and are still in the market. Like, there's a lot of teams that have guys in their practice squad. Um, I could maybe see, like, a guy like – if he, this is going to be a bit of a throwback, but Tavares King, who plays for the Giants, he's – on their squad, I could see the Panthers going, reaching out for a guy like that, not Tavares King, obviously, because trading is not really a good idea for someone like that. But there it's are also past the trade deadline, not allowed. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> um, practice squad players, maybe who have like a little bit, of, who have a little bit of a potential. We could see Moe Frazier. We could see Austin Duke possibly. But in the end, I think that Carolina is going to stick with those four. Um, until Greg Ol- Greg Olson coming back soon is definitely going to be helpful. I mean, he's not obviously the same kind of player as Kirk Samuel, but it's another option they have where they can they can put him on the field and the defense has to figure out how to scheme against him. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm I'm over here personally hoping that Brenton Burson catches his first career touchdown in the regular season, but you know we'll uh, see. I, I I'm me. I need to fact check you. I. I'm pretty sure. I thought Bryn Burson had a touchdown in garbage time in like one season. Nope. Yes, he does. He sure does. Some he fan sure you are. Two th- 2015. No way. Mm-hmm. Who was it against? Uh. Wait, where'd it go? I, I just saw it says career. He has. Oh, no. 2014, his rookie year. Sorry, I looked at the wrong column. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. Um, It was. December is October 19th at Green Bay. He caught a touchdown. He had three catches for like 21 yards. I just lost it. And my computer would speed up. He did catch a touchdown. I'll be. He sure did. He caught a touchdown with one minute and 24 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter to bring the score to Green Bay 38, Carolina 17. It was the most garbage of garbage time touchdowns is what I'm saying. But it's a touchdown. It counts. I hope he catches a meaningful touchdown. So we'll see. Um, Oh, look. Second Brad is back. Look at that. I was supposed to ignore when Brad comes and goes. He's supposed to just talk when he's here. Um, Not to jump around too much, but I'm going to jump back real quick to the fourth down stat I was talking about. We've had eight fourth and ones uh, against this defense. And opponents have picked up the first down twice. Wow, that's really and, that, that's a really good success rate. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Um, one of them was fourth and goal at the one against the Patriots, and Tom Brady completed a pass to Danny Middle for touchdown. The other was fourth and one from the, the uh, Carolina's three, and the yeah. Eagles completed a two-yard pass and got stopped at the one. So <laughs> they've given up two conversions on fourth and one and the two plays that have converted have averaged uh a yard and a half per play. So that ain't bad. even when they even when they allow the fourth down conversion, they barely allow it. Yeah. So, so Brad, what do you have to say about that? I have no idea what you're talking what you've been talking about. You? Well, we were talking about fourth down conversions and how this defense is really good at stopping them. Oh yeah, so, that that is awesome. Two two for right. eight. Opponents are two for eight against the Panthers on fourth and one. 
that's that's barely a quarter. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That is very good. We're also um, talking about. We're also, by the way, uh, calling questioning Brian's Brenton Burson fanhood because he didn't know that Brenton Burson has a career touchdown catch. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. No. Wow. Damn. Yeah, you're no longer president of the Sunshine Fan Club if you didn't even know that. Like you knew that. Get out of here. I did. I knew it. That's why I went and fact checked it. I just couldn't remember what game it was in. Whatever. He'll have a you're meaning, you're he'll, have a me- he'll have a meaningful touchdown this year. He doesn't have one this year, but he had one a couple of years ago. It was in the preseason, wasn't it? No, he has it. You didn't know either. He caught a touchdown against the Packers when we were down thirty-eight to ten with a minute and a half left. Oh yeah, that okay. From Derek Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah. I totally remember that. I totally yeah, remember. that's right. It was garbage time touchdown. That's why me uh, and Brian don't, didn't know. Yeah, it's pretty easy to forget that game. But I just I would have thought you'd remember the Britton Burson touchdown. I thought I guess it was just me. I really thought he was going to have one month. Oh, I know. Night. I just... <laughs> the fact that they that Cam actually threw him a pass in a meaningful game in the end zone, I just I couldn't even. I was the trust. I was so sad when he didn't catch that. I was so sad. Yeah, he in that game he had three catches for twenty one yards. Yeah. Yeah, and I I I was excited to see him potentially catch a touchdown pass just because I feel like he's become such a a popular figure among Panther fans that read the internet. Yeah. (laughs) I know it is. It's really strange. I mean, like I know that we've contributed to that as a site because. Yeah. Kind of make a meme out of them. And we definitely made them into a meme and correct. But even still, I see on Twitter every time, like something about Brenton versus mentioned, there's like random ass people who are like, yeah, he's the goat. He's the best. And I'm just like, so funny. It's that Wofford connection, man. I, I actually, I genuinely think that it's because we hype them up so hard that people are just like following along with me now. Oh, it has to be. There's no other explanation. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that like the entire fan base has all gotten in on the same inside joke just by chance. Like his it started own, somewhere. His own damn brother follows me on Twitter now, despite the fact that I was posting memes of him, of his brother for damn near two years at this point. So, I mean, if somebody was posting memes of my brother, I'd probably follow them too. You just got to yeah, keep them in I check, make sure you know, see what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would do that too. So basically, we can we can really push our prominence by just turning more players into memes. This is essentially what I've gathered from this. Fringe roster players make them find something about them that's worth uh, making them a superstar. That's yep. not related to their football playing ability whatsoever. Yep. We, we can, can do that. That's we not can hard. Pr- we can we can push them into relevance by simply making them into memes. So pretty great. It's pretty great that we have this power, guys. Like I don't really know what to do with it. I mean, they say like great power comes with great responsibility, but I don't really feel a whole lot of responsibility. I feel a lot of power with this. So you're responsible for Brent Burson being a household name. You're damn Marshall. right he is. By the way, while I'm looking up that Brenton Burson touchdown, it's so weird looking at games from even just like three years ago and how many players on that team I forgot even existed. Like Chris Ogbenaya had five carries for us in 2014. Oh my and, uh, God, that is a throwback. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. 
And like James Dockery had a tackle. Remember James, James Dockery? Dockery? We thought he was going to be good I for remember. a little bit. We thought he was going to be the savior of the, the secondary. I remember James Dockery. Oh, man. He's going to be a steal. Uh, very solid cornerback for us. And then he just got cut. And we're like, oh, well, never mind. He was a student on and off the field. Hard worker. Deceptively fast. This is James Dockery? Yeah. Student of the game, you know? I'm not sure, but I don't think all those fit James Dockery. I mean, they could. Yeah, but, but. they could. But <laughs> Jesus, not not in the sense that I feel like Brian is is. Yeah, going I, for. I, yeah, I don't think so. You guys are racist. Nah, only a little bit. <laughs> only a little bit. Not really, though. I'm not. That was a joke. For all of you that don't know. All right, well, yeah. um, any final words for us, Brad? I'll start with you since you're still connected to us. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm still here. Um, <laughs> hanging on by a thread. I'm hanging on snap. by a thread. Um, you know, I, I liked what I saw on Monday. I hope that the bye week doesn't kill that momentum, and I hope we see it again against the Jets. I, I am. Josh McCown. Mm. I'm amazed that the Jets are even relevant right now. They were they were supposed to go 0 and 16. Yeah, it's crazy. The Jets were supposed to be the New York team that you know, like you said, goes 0 and 16, and it That's ends up being point. the Giants. First of all, the Giants have one win, so don't get too far ahead of yourselves. How 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 would you feel if so? If the Giants go 1 and 15, who do they beat? Oh, they beat the Broncos. God, the Broncos are bad. They too, already man. won a game. John, I know they going. did. I was saying, who did they beat? And I was the Broncos. I keep thinking they beat the Chargers because the Chargers were the only team the Browns beat last year. And it would be kind of funny if they just each season are the only team to lose to a certain team. That actually would be hilarious. It would be the most Chargers thing ever. The most Chargers thing ever with their 125 people in the stadium. Uh, <laughs> They're giving away free tickets to fill out a soccer stadium. See, that's what I, I want. I want them to lose to the Browns every year, like the Browns to go one and fifteen for like the next three years, but always beat the Chargers. They do play the Chargers in three weeks. Yeah, I hope that happens. Oh, They'll boy. be in that packed stub up center. We're getting a little lag. That's my fault. Um, I'm I. I think this will be a good. I think the Panthers have been better than they've been getting credit for. It hasn't been pretty, but we have been consistently beating teams. I mean, we've won three in a row now. I think we'll beat the Jets. We'll be eight and three before that tough stretch with the Saints and Vikings. Um, That's going to be a brutal two game stretch. That is a very tough two game stretch. Um, Saints game's already been flexed to four twenty five. That's fun. Yeah, the Um, Vikings game might get flexed to Sunday night. Yeah, if, if Carolina's eight and four, there's a really good chance if, uh, you know, they'll probably have to do it two weeks in advance. So we'll know after we play the Jets. So if, if we're eight and three, yeah. if we're eight and three, Minnesota could be what? Are, what are they right now? Seven and two. They are, yeah, seven and two. So they could be eight and two or nine and two, um, or eight and three. Either one by the time we play. You know, by the time that game gets flexed, so 
you know, two eight and three teams, I would imagine, are going to get flexed over what is it, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I mean, Pittsburgh and Baltimore Probably. is a big deal. Yeah, there's no love lost. Yeah. Um, but... I think at the very least we'll be the four o'clock or the four thirty game uh, two weeks yeah. in a row. Yeah, I would think so. Which is fine with me. I like I love having those four o'clock games and getting to have like red zone or whatever for all of the early games together. Yeah, it, it is kind of cool. I just I hate Sunday night football because it takes you know it it starts at eight thirty and then it's midnight or later before it's over and. Oh, I got home after one o'clock last night. Yeah, night I don't have time for that. Yeah, it was it was rough. Brian, share your thoughts on the game and Panthers moving forward. Well, um, the Jets is a winnable game, which means that Carolina will probably make it more stressful than it needs to be. Hey, we um, didn't on Monday. That said, I thorough. I, unfortunately, I hate to be the pessimist here, but I think the Saints will thoroughly beat the shit out of the Panthers when they play each other because they are playing way more complete football, way more consistently in Carolina. But the Panthers have a similar offensive mind going on, and they have a very good defense. So it could be a very ugly game where Carolina ends up coming out with the win. But I agree. I think Carolina and the Saints are going to be the ones fighting for the top of the NFC South. I think the Saints got, or not the Saints, the Falcons got lucky because Ezekiel Elliott wasn't in, and they also didn't have their top left tackle, so they were able to exploit their weaknesses. Um, but ultimately, I think that it's going to be Saints Panthers for the title, and I think that I think the Saints are going to end up winning it just because of their the talent they have and the the philosophy they developed as far as offense and defense goes. But it's going to be a really fun game to watch because they're going to beat the crap out of each other. How about the Saints Panthers? Yeah, yeah. It's that. Hopefully, hopefully, it's fun to watch. Yeah, because if it's not fun, that means they're beating the crap out of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all that happened again. Well, we entered the bye week. We will be bringing you guys a little more bye week review and coverage in the next few days. Um, We've got a review show coming out on Friday, probably. Yeah, we have uh, offensive, defensive reviews. Um, I'll be recapping my recaps. Which is always good. And uh, I can actually have, recap the recaps themselves, like not the actual play of the team, but like grade your own performance and like your writing ability and your grammar. I, I hope was gonna like grade, I was gonna grade my own <laughs> performance and also grade what I was doing that night for those recaps. So sounds, that'll be sounds fun like, to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely come that. in and read. I'll be I'll be recapping that time that I played Overwatch after the Panthers game. So I'll come in and tell you guys about how much how 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 good I did. So um, excited for that. Put some screenshots of your KD. Yeah, my kill death ratio. It's always good. We're also gonna have some. We're also gonna have some fun with our Dan Levitard looks like game this week. Instead of doing our opponent, we're gonna turn the tables on ourselves and we're gonna do the Panthers. Um, I think we're gonna definitely do Ron Rivera, Mike Shula, Steve Wilkes. Um, we might also do a, a couple of players um, as long as they don't read it and then hunt us down. I will also go on record right now and say that I volunteered as tribute as one of the CSR staff for this particular event as well. 
you guys don't seem like you want to do it, but you want to, I'm here. Go ahead and roast Well, me. the no. thing is, Brian, is there's only so many ways to say what you look like. And, you know, we don't want it to get stale. I don't think it it's will. Just to say Brian looks like, and then just list off the characters that Michael Sarah has played. I was going to say, it's going to be an endless list of Michael Sarah jokes. And, you know, I think our readers deserve a little bit more than that. Damn. Well, I tried to provide you guys premium content, but these guys are are taking it back. So, I, was I mean, you can post what you think you look like. Yeah, you I know, was trying to. You can do you- it yourself if you want. You know, Brian looks like he has money hidden in a banana stand. Um, <laughs> oh man. Oh jeez. All right. Well. Oh yeah, and we'll have a special okay. guest next episode. Hopefully. Maybe we'll try. We'll try. We all we always try. Sometimes we fail, but we always try. But this is Brian with the CSR Fourth and Short podcast here with John and Brad. Wishing you wishing everybody a good a good night, a good day, and come join us later. See you later. Later. Something missing left behind. Searching circles every time I try I've been here before, yeah I've seen you before I can't escape walking down these halls I define a place where there are no walls And the lines begging me to cross Only stretching a hand better
left behind Searching circles every time I try Been here 